Welcome to the podcast we call Soul Chaser, featuring stories from the book by the same name, Soul Chaser. This is Jordan Rich, and by my side is author Lauren Decker. We want to spend time with you today at soul level, awakening our spirits to the simple and beautiful idea that God is love and love is everywhere. I saw this once before, a picture in my mind, colors in the air. Sunlight on a field, lovers in a dance, love is everywhere. Mm, love is everywhere. And now, today's installment of Soul Chaser. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Deering for Lauren Decker, and we have another story for you about how God shows Himself and His grace. In everyday things. Today's Bible verse comes from the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter 4 and verse 8. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, Think on these things. Today's story is called Faking It. As I was growing up, I was pretty sheltered. Not much of the outside world crept into my small town. Of course, there were rare moments of excitement, like when the bull got loose from the local dairy farm and proceeded to take over Main Street. He was none too friendly and definitely in a foul mood. I don't recall how he was returned to his proper environs, but I'm pretty sure it involved the police and a dented squad car. Then there was the time two motorcycles collided head-on just outside my house. Both riders were amazingly all right, but the bikes burst into flames and were total losses. These were rare moments. I soon discovered that when the norm of life is sedate, one's imagination often comes into play as the only source of available excitement. The most treacherous situations of my growing up years did not occur in my hometown. No, they occurred in my own vivid boyhood imagination. In there, I was destined to be a hero. My dad was no adventurer. He truly appreciated the slow pace of our hometown. Settled as he was, my father didn't look to make much happen. It was my mother who finally planned a family vacation, a drive in our old station wagon to the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. It'll be educational for the kids, she remarked to my reluctant father. It's a violent city, he replied. We'll likely get caught in a crossfire. I was unsure as to what a crossfire was at that time, but I knew we wanted to stay away from any that may occur during the week's stay. The drive down the eastern seaboard was uneventful, and we finally arrived at our destination, an old Washington hotel where our reservations had been made. We looked all the world like country bumpkins. 
Every time we ventured from the safety of the hotel, my mother would point out all the sights, while my dad looked nervously one way and then the next, expecting any minute for the gunfire to erupt. Be careful of the traffic, ordered Mom. We're in a prime location for a crossfire, muttered Dad. There were no shootouts that week. No gunplay. We saw monuments and historical buildings. We saw where history happened. But at my age, I thought more about making history than visiting it. In my active imagination, I dared to rescue a family like mine that had unfortunately been in the wrong place at the wrong time and were, in my dad's words, caught in the crossfire. Instead, in reality, I found I had a sense of boredom as we headed home for New England. Back at home, I recounted the story of our trip to my friends, making sure to include the parts where we almost got caught in a crossfire, but managed not to. It gave us boys a thirst for action, and since there was none, we embarked on our own faking phase. This involved several options. The bicycle wreck, the fist fight, and the sports injury. Whenever we arranged for the bicycle wreck, we would scramble two of our bikes into a twist of tires and handlebars, and then lay nearby in a twist ourselves, hoping to look as though we had just been thrown into the lawn upon impact. The object was to lay there moaning until some poor passerby would see our plight and come to our needed rescue. The problem arose when no one stopped. A rare automobile would pass by, arousing our hopes, but as the hours ticked by, we began to snore, lying as we were in the summer sun. As I mentioned, it was a quiet town. The fake sports injury never worked either. There was only so much damage one could receive from a wiffle ball. Since we lived next door to the church and its windows... The plastic sports equipment was pretty much our limit. We would occasionally sub in a tennis ball, but that didn't cause much damage or alarm to my parents. On top of limiting our play to the fairly harmless playthings, my mother also kept an eagle eye on the backyard. She was usually well aware when we had ceased pitching and hitting and had started plotting instead. She knew it would be a matter of moments before one of us ran in claiming that a freak foul ball had dislocated an arm or a leg. Hmm, she would say. Be more careful, dear. That was my mom's name for me. Dear. Not exactly the kind of nickname that a rescuer of those caught in a crossfire would carry. The third ploy actually achieved a modicum of success, the fake fist fight. One of my pals was a bit of a gymnast. He could throw himself around pretty well without injuring himself. So on evenings when we hit the mall or the ice cream parlor, we would exchange knowing glances and pretend to start arguing. 
the noise level would escalate, summoning an impromptu crowd. Then, with high drama and a fake smack to the head, my pal on the receiving edge of the punch would do a backflip and toss himself into the bushes. The rest of us would gather around to act the part of the crowd of shocked onlookers. This third phase of foolery ended abruptly when a woman exited her vehicle and dashed inside the restaurant, stating that she was going to call the cops. That did it for us. We didn't want any real trouble. We would have to admit, however, we felt pretty good about coming so close to the real thing that we actually fooled someone and spawned action. We often react to things that appear real, but are not. My dad's conjured imagery of the crossfire never occurred. The bike wrecks, the sports injuries, the fights, all imaginary. Many of us carry these fantasy worlds within us. The problem occurs when we live in reaction to the imaginary, as though it were real life. For example, let's say, at your place of employment, there's an issue between you and a co-worker. We suppose that we know what they are thinking about us. We even create fake conversations in our minds. I'd like to tell them, blah, 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 and I know their response would be, blah, blah, blah. We allow these fabricated arguments to affect our real-life attitudes, yet the confrontations have never actually happened. They are as imagined as my dad's crossfire in the Capitol, as phony as a staged bicycle accident, holding onto a poor attitude born out of an assumed offense, is as silly as laying on the lawn, hoping some passerby will take pity on our plight. No one else lives in your inner land of make-believe. There are, sadly, places in the world where crossfires really do occur. There are real wrecks, and there are true-life fistfights. There are plenty of them as a matter of fact. Too many. Perhaps there would be fewer actual fights and firearms if we learned how to control the conjured arguments that we create all on our own in our minds. Well, imagine that. Remember to ask your Heavenly Father to keep you from making our relationships fake with Him. He sees through our pretenses, so there is little use in employing it. May we live, love, and minister based on truth. Our thoughts are only a wisp of smoke that is gone with the breeze, but His Word is eternal and His truth never changes. Learn to love Him, for there's nothing fake in that. This has been Soul Chaser. We hope this program has caused you to consider the vastness of God's love for you. Nothing is going to change that reality, but love can certainly change you. Remember, 
Love is everywhere, and God is love. For more stories with a purpose, pick up a copy of Soul Chaser, Devotions to Anchor the Soul, available on our website, soulchaserbook.com, or find it at amazon.com. This is Jordan Rich for Lauren Decker and Soul Chaser. See you next time.